The Chicago White Sox had an off day on Thursday. They are currently 35 and 39, five and a half games out in the AL Central. It's a new month, and the White Sox are about to start a three game series with the San Francisco Giants, then head back home for a big series with the Minnesota Twins. The Sox have 19 games against AL Central opponents in July alone. Will this be the month that they finally turn things around? You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked On White Sox is part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Uh, So it was an off day uh, on Thursday, but that will not stop the White Sox conversations. He is a contributor uh, for Future Sox and Sox Machine. It is a pleasure to welcome James Fox to the podcast. Hello, sir. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? It is going. It is going. I appreciate you being here. Um, I wish we had better news to talk about, but still, there (laughs) is a lot uh, to discuss. Uh, James, you know, July is it is going to be a a very important month for our White Sox. Um, Anything is possible. But in your mind, uh, will the White Sox turn things around and perhaps even be in first place? by the end of this month man putting me on the spot um <laughs> i jeez. i mean i guess i'd say no just because like they, they haven't like shown that they can and like i i just like don't know if they're going to be healthy now i do think like you know if they do get healthy like it's obviously going to be better like i know it's an excuse to like say they're injured and that's probably what the front office would say but they are injured i mean they, this is like not the team that they're supposed to have but like man they just they can't hit they don't hit enough homers and we've seen like just with Tony, like, you know, if they're, if they're scoring seven runs a game, like we're, we're never going to notice and we're not, you know, going to be as super critical of this manager, but he just loses so many games on the margins. Like that, like anything close. It's like, that's why like every night we're, we're freaking out about something because in three, two games, like he does something so stupid, you know? And like, mm. the, you know, I, I've heard you talk about it and you know, like yeah. they should, they should be buried and they're not because nobody wants to win this godforsaken division. So yes, yeah. they're in, they're in it. They got a bunch of games in the division. They have really good starting pitching, which we talked about pre-show. Um, they're, they're going to have to hit. So yeah. um, I would not bet on it, but I, I mean, they, they still have a talented roster. So yeah. like if they, if they did it somehow and they won the division, like with 85 wins or something like, you know, I wouldn't be totally shocked, but like you said, we're, we're probably going to have a good idea. Like August 1st, I would say. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you can't quit this team, honestly, when you look at what July is giving you. Uh, seven games with the Twins, eight with mm-hmm. Cleveland, four with Detroit. Uh, plus, there is that all star break in there for some rest. Um, you know, yes, uh, they need to get healthy. They need to get some guys clicking. Uh, you and I agree, as uh, most Sox fans agree, LaRusse is not going anywhere unless it's on his terms for some uh, reason. So how can there be change without changing the manager, the GM, and so, so forth? Where do you see change happening, perhaps? I mean, I think the only way is like if some of these guys get a little bit healthy. Like, it's tough. Like, since the roster changed and it's 13 and 13 now, there's just, I feel like there's just, like, so many bad players, like, for Tony to play. And he he just – like, he's, he's a slave to handedness, first of all. Mm-hmm. The Gavin Sheets thing hasn't worked, even though he's – you know, he's looked a little bit better. It's just like he he'll play Leary if he's sitting there. But like if if Angle's healthy and you have Pollock and you have your full team, you know, like continuity in that like starting nine, I think would help. Um, and then pitchers going a little bit deeper into games obviously would help too. But then I mean, you just see like some of the nonsense every night where it's like you know it's it's a one run game in the sixth and he just like refuses to go to. Kelly or Graveman or guys like that. And he goes to Jose Ruiz cause he's saving those guys for later. And then like you're down six, one and you never use them, you know? So it's just, I don't know with, with this yeah. manager. I, I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, they're going to have to hit, I mean, hit ball, go far team, go far. Mm-hmm. Like if they, if they can hit homers, they'll get back into this thing because their starting pitching's good. Um, but they just haven't convinced me that they can. Yeah. Uh, so mentioning ball go far, a guy like Abreu has started to heat up. I would say he's been a silver lining, you know, throughout June. I mean, pretty impressive numbers has his four hit game, uh, in Anaheim, uh, despite the loss. Uh, do you have some silver linings despite the, the way the season has gone? I mean, I look at guys like Kopech and Vaughn, of course, and Abreu as of late is, well, there's some positives, uh, who are some guys that you kind of look at as like, oh, well, this has been pretty, you know, this has been a bright spot. Well, so I think you do still have like building block players, right? Like my thing is like, you know, every night, like if you go on Twitter, like you tie yourself up in knots, right? But it's kind of like part <laughs> of the part of our gig, I feel like. But, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to sell everything and like stuff like that's ridiculous because like even if they don't turn this around and they miss the playoffs, like I think they're division favorites in 2023. Like you're, you're mm. coming into this thing with Anderson under contract, you know, like Yolan Moncada has been disappointing, but he's been hurt. Like he's disappointing because he's hurt. Like this fallacy that he's like somehow bad last year is absurd. I mean, he, he's not <clears throat> the perennial MVP candidate that we thought we were getting, but he, but he is like an all-star level player. So, you know, you have both of those guys, you have Andrew Vaughn, who I think has arrived personally. Right. And I think Luis Roberts, frustrating at times but still like ascending like that guy's like not his final self right oh, sure. so you have multiple guys on the position side plus four starters going forward and like an expensive bull like those guys are all going to be here next year too so yes like while i want to make the playoffs and like give it a shot this year like it's not like this is the last year of a window mm-hmm. so i would say that i mean vaughn yeah. vaughn's doing pretty much like what i expected you know, one of my things with Vaughn, like if that dude played in the upper minors, his prospect debut would have been 
like as heralded as Robert and Jimenez and some of the other guys, like your Spencer, Spencer Torkelson's and stuff. But because mm-hmm. of his path, I think we were just kind of like, oh, yeah, this Vaughn guy, like we'll see if he's any good. Like he was a top 10 prospect in baseball as a right, right first baseman. I mean, that's that's insane. Like he's he's really good. He shouldn't be playing the outfield, but he's really good. Yeah, excellent point. He should not be in the outfield, but he has been uh, exciting to watch. Uh, we didn't get uh, a lot from Lenin Sosa um, glimpses. Uh, you almost had to uh, take the articles and other things that you he- heard from people that follow him uh, in the minors to get a sense of what we're getting because we didn't see it yet. Uh, in your opinion, though, how was the Lenin Sosa call up handled? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I mean, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, it's just <laughs> so when they call. So, you know, I had heard rumblings a couple weeks prior to that, that Han was in Birmingham and it was because like or he was in Tennessee watching the Birmingham team. And it was like they were considering doing this. And at that time, I thought it was because, like, OK, they're just going to DFA Josh Harrison. And they think, you know, Sosa gives them a, a better chance of being like a starter at second than somebody like Yolbert Sanchez, who's in Charlotte and is kind of more of like a utility guy. So then when they did it, I'm like, okay, this dude's starting at second base. Like he's going to get his shot now. And then obviously we saw what happened, Nick. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I know for a fact you've places, I've worked places where like communication is, is poor and that's what's happening. Like with this White Sox team, it it was totally like, you know, Tony LaRusso was like, okay, like this kid's going to have to earn it. He doesn't play the first night. Right. Then he (laughs) hears it from the fans and he probably hears it from his bosses, I guess, like in, bosses in quotes yeah you know yeah. and he's like okay fine like i'm gonna i'm gonna hit him lead off and he and the whole thing was just absurd like if you if you wanted a guy to come up and fill in like you got multiple guys in charlotte who are organizational depth that you could just add to the 40 man let them fill in for a weekend and then dfa them and, and that's it or yolbert or whoever it it didn't make any sense like I, I don't really believe in showcases either when like you bring them up for four days so like the reds like might get a look at them so you could trade them to them for somebody it just like doesn't really make much sense to me um so he yeah. needed to be added to the 40 man this offseason anyway like he was gonna be here this year and he'll probably mm-hmm. be back, I would guess. You know, he had three hits tonight in Charlotte. So we'll see him again. It was just kind of stupid. I, I don't I don't really understand what they were doing. I'm mean, happy for him. Like, he got the per diem for four days and got to live the big league lifestyle. But I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I want to talk more about the uh, farm system and I want to talk MLB draft. Uh, we're going to do more of that with James Fox in just a moment. Hey folks, betonline.net is your number one uh, source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, of course. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, um, so MLB Draft uh, coming up in a couple weeks, uh, July 17th, I believe. Sox are picking 26th. Uh, James, who are some options for the White Sox in your mind? 
Yeah, it's been talking about this a lot over Future Socks and Socks Machine. You know, I hate, just real quick, I hate how late the draft is now. Mm. It's like terrible for, like, rookie ball has already started and the rosters are so weird because they don't have draft picks on them. And, and the teams don't really like it either. The teams have been ready to draft. So it's weird, like, some of the intel that's out there. But, yeah. you know, I, I would say college pitching is a possibility, but the class is really picked clean. There's a, there's a lot of... Um, college starters that got hurt this year or have been hurt in the last like 18 months. So it kind of, you know, I think there might be three or four that go before the Sox pick. Um, so honestly, like at this point, I think they take another high school bat. There's a kid uh, by the name of Tucker Tolman out of South Carolina. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He can really hit. He's one of the best like prep hitters in the class. that isn't one of those like, you know, guys that's going to go up at the top. Um, so he would be interesting. I mean, that'd be the second year in a row where they've done something like that. I trust Mike Shirley doing that. Um, you know, like Colson Montgomery has been really, really good. So, you know, if that's the path they go, I would be happy with that. He's a name that I've heard a lot. And then like, they need a lot of pitching. I just don't think they're going to force it in round one when you could take college pitchers in rounds two through 10, if you wanted, like there's, there's plenty of guys to take later. So my guess would be like, if I have to predict, I would say Tolman. Um, but if he's gone, it's probably like whichever college pitcher they like out of that group. Um, high school pitcher in the first round would really surprise me. They, they haven't done it since Chris Honnell um, in like 2001 or whenever that was. <laughs> Providence, then, Providence, yeah, Catholic. yeah, Providence Catholic. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and they haven't done it since then, even though they've paid guys the same amount of money recently, like in the second or third round, but they haven't done it in the first. And then a college bat, like is a possibility um, I just don't see it. I think, I think if they take a hitter, they're going to take the upside of a high school hitter. I feel like, especially after what they did in the first two rounds last year. It's, uh, it's interesting to me when you say that you trust, uh, surely, cause I know talking to a lot of Sox fans, they are uh, so frustrated mm-hmm. with how the Sox have drafted over the years from Fulmer to Madrigal Collins to birdie other names. Um, so uh, do you feel that way, though, following it as closely as you follow it? Have you felt like um, Montgomery was they hit it? And, uh, you know, I, I think they're on a they're on a better path these days now. So I think they're on a much better path for sure, because they've, they've started to draft more like high school guys, which I've always been a fan of. And I, I had a little tweet. I had a tweet today with I mean, they got like six or seven like hitters in their system that are pretty interesting. Like this isn't. Like it's weird that they were the, it was a 30th ranked farm system and like they deserve it because it like wasn't that deep and there wasn't a top 100 guy but they're not 30 anymore, and like I remember when the they had the 30th ranked system and Addison Reed was their best prospect, <laughs> you know like you have like Colson Montgomery like might be a top 75 prospect like soon you know he's yeah. been really good yeah like Nick Hostetler was really good to us at Future Sox and you know he he was always like. And I just always kind of thought that there was like an organizational mandate like those years to like take college players and to get baseball players into the system and like try to make your affiliates better and stuff. And it's just like so short-sighted. Like I get it in round one. Like if you're picking top five, like Jerry Rydsurf doesn't want to give $7 million to a high school player. So like I understand that. Like you're kind of hamstrung. But like the stuff where you go like over slot $2 million deals to steal Walker and Gavin Sheets and guys like that. Just, I just hate that strategy. Like if you have extra money, like take a prep guy because Mm -hmm. 
you know, there's just so much more upside, right? Like we saw with Jake Berger, he had all the injuries he's playing, but he's like 26 because of it. You know, that, that happens to like Jared Kelly struggled a little bit, you know? Yeah. And he's pitched a little bit better, but Jared Kelly's like 20 or 21 because like the struggles aren't as, aren't as significant because you're younger and you want youth. So they just, that was the one thing, like they didn't take enough youth. The burger pick, I think ultimately ended up fine. That's the 11th pick. Like, you know, and then Vaughn is obviously awesome. Magical didn't work out in the top five. Collins didn't either. I mean, it, it is what it is. I just wish, I just wish they would have taken more risks and Mm -hmm. look, and some of that could be, it could be, it could be ownership related. It could be front office related. So, you know, that's the biggest problem with this organization is you don't you don't know who's running it and you don't know who's responsible for what decisions when. And it's very frustrating that we don't have yeah. somebody like to blame. Right now, uh, I, I want to go back to Berger. So let's bring let's go back to the big league club. He's a curious case to me, as I'm sure it is for a lot of Sox fans with Mankata back. And, and hopefully he remains healthy and uh, Berger's not going to play second. Uh, you know, he's going to DH or play third. He needs to get consistent at bats, you know, and we saw what happened when he did get consistent at bats. What, what, what's going to happen with Jake Berger this year? Uh, I would, I would think they're probably going to trade him. I'm kind of surprised they didn't trade him. I mean, I, I just like, don't know how you roster him. Right. Unless there's like, I mean, even if like there's some sort of blockbuster trade where they give up on Yohan Mankata, but you want Jake Berger at third. I don't really. Yeah, I you want know, his bat. I, I and, mean, and I mean, like, it can, so like, can you? So here's the thing: like, can you roster Jake Berger if you also have Aloy Jimenez, Aloy or and uh, Grandal and Vaughn, right? And then there's like the uncertainty at first. Like, I, I my controversial take is that like, regardless of what happens this year, you can't bring back Jose Abreu because I just think it like kills your roster. And I think he's, I think he's a friggin' legend here and i think like you know you can put the statue in but like Mm -hmm. you bring back jose like what like what are we doing here like that puts it like vaughn's in the outfield then you're still too right-handed you still have a loy like it just like doesn't it doesn't work right now like something has to give somewhere and i thought something had to give this offseason and like they didn't do anything and you just like keep all these corner profile guys and like you're like oh just play them in left and right and it's like we've we've seen what's what's happened because of that like so i I just think jake Berger is gonna get lost in the shuffle man like i think yeah like i think he can play third for a like for the a's or something you know but not here, not not on a team that's like as defensively deficient as the White Sox are. It's just it's unfortunate because he it's a great story and he's hit like they I think thought he was going to. But there's just like not a you can't you know there's not nine DHs so yeah he's stuck. Uh, I, I want to get to some of those other uh, points uh, in just a second because there are other guys that you know once they get healthy you know how are you going to move some of these pieces to best set them up for success uh, i do want to talk more about this current team will aloy uh, play left field again you know again the, the love for garcia and uh, and more we're going to get to it uh, in just a moment okay um so you saw um james you know lurie got his at bats in anaheim because they were resting uh, Andrew Vaughn. That was a decision that was made ahead of time for two days rest. We've seen other guys like Graveman. Hey, he can't go two days in a row. They've been very cautious with Joe Kelly, obviously, 
uh, Anderson, you know, has been closely watched. What do you make of all of the workload management that seems to be, I don't know, I, I don't remember this years ago. Maybe it was happening and it just wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't talked about so much. But what is your take on this? So I know that they, you know, they got rid of uh, Alan Thomas last year, right? He he was the fall guy for all this. And I still see it on Twitter, like, oh, you got to fire the whole strength and conditioning staff. And I'm like, well, they kind of did. So I had always heard really good things about Goldie Simmons. And, he, you know, he was he was like a mental skills guy in the in the farm system. And then he was the one that was like the strength and conditioning coordinator for like all of the minor leagues. And the White Sox promoted him and like, whatever nepotism. I don't know. Like, like if you think they should have went outside, like fine. But just because like Goldie Simmons worked for the organization doesn't mean that he agrees like with what Alan Thomas was doing. Like I've had this conversation with people like, you know, if your boss got fired and they hired you, would you do everything the same way your boss does? No, you wouldn't. So like, he deserves a chance. This is actually a, a place where I actually believe Rakan. They hired him like right before the lockout. Then there was the lockout. He wasn't allowed to talk to any of these guys. Then they had a short spring training. And I think they legit for the first time, like implemented, like I, these guys are wearing uh, devices and like they're monitoring them. And like all these teams like have these departments now where it's like, you know, um, you're like sports science department. And I think the white Sox have just been so behind that they haven't done this. So it's like, you know, your training staff gets like, eh, you know, this guy is like kind of beat up today. And that's what the data is telling them, like, sit this guy. So they're doing it more than ever because they're doing it for the first time. And I just think like they didn't have them not having a spring training was like a huge part of it. Um, I think they're listening to the training staff. I just think it's like super annoying, obviously. Like they're they're hurt. Like like the, like Andrew Vaughn's 24. Like he can't pinch mm -hmm. hit. You know, yeah. like, so I'm with you yeah. there. Like that, yeah. that's like kind of ridiculous, but I mean like, yeah, a guy like AJ Pollock probably can't play every day. You know, like yeah. some of these guys like are going to come back early from rehab stints. Like they're not going to play the day game after a night game. You know, the problem is it's just so many guys, you know? Yeah. So I actually don't, I actually, I don't know. Like I, I'm willing to give this training staff a little bit more time. Like they've already changed out the training staff, you know, and I'm not in the, I'm not there. So I'm not somebody to say like, oh, the, the players are lazy and they're not stretching. That might be true. I just like, I don't know that. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is what's happening. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, with the, with the way things are going, you just, you want to point the finger at somebody, right? If the sacks aren't hitting, it's Menachino needs to go uh, with all of the hamstring injuries from running to first. Let's get rid of, let's start all over with training staff. Uh, it, it is frustrating. Um, I think, I think they should fire Greg Walker. That's what I think they should do. Yeah. <laughs> Was Bobby Thigpen, get him out of there. Is he <laughs> yeah. still in the bullpen trying to, you know, tinker with people's windups? Uh, so a guy that's trying to fight his way back, uh, Aloy Jimenez, uh, had a little bit of power the other night, finally, for the first time, you know, we're going to see him eventually, I guess. Will we see him out in left field, do you think? Or are they going to stick with him as a DH, as he has been pretty much in Charlotte? So he he sat tonight. I, th I think the plan is for him to play left field, like, soon. Because, like, his rehab stint, like, ends. I Like, he gets 20 days. It's, like, probably the 12th or 13th day of it. So I would imagine he's going to play the outfield, have a day off, play the outfield twice, have a day off, stuff like that. So I don't think they'll bring him up and have him DH only. They, they've just, like, never wanted to do that. And honestly... Like as like as bad as he is in left field, like is he the worst option out there? I don't know. Like who do you think is a worse outfielder between 
Like, well, who's who's the best defensively in the outfield of Aloy, Sheets, and Vaughn? Uh, Aloy, Sheets, and Vaughn. I think Vaughn. I think Maybe, Vaughn is I right, think but he's Vaughn... not very. But he's not very good either. So, you know, yeah. especially well, exactly, at, this especially is a rough, right. Uh... So, right. So, <laughs> so if Eloy like truly feels like he hits better, like in the field, I'm guessing they'll play him in left and they'll rotate DH around and whatever. My biggest thing with Aloy is he's got to hit the ball in the air, and he Yo, he sure. finally did it in Charlotte, and like you and I might be able to hit in Charlotte. Like that place mm. is a launching pad, and he's just like pounding balls into the ground. I don't know how much of it is still from the chest injury last year. If he mm. just needs to, cause he really didn't have that many at bats. That's the thing too. It's like, Oh, he, he was bad at the beginning of the year. It's like, yeah, he was, but like that, there wasn't that many games. It's such a small sample. Even yeah. Moncada has been horrible, but it's like less than a hundred at bats. Like that's nothing. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, what's going to happen then with if Vaughn's going to be your DH and then Aloy comes back, uh, he's going to have to play left field. If you want Vaughn to stay at DH and you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, but uh, I think it, but I think it does fix some of the issues, right? It, it kind of like Tony proofs the roster. Like we've talked about, like if yeah, you, if you, yeah. if you have to play Aloy and left, right. Then Pollock's your right fielder when he plays, which helps Correct. there. That means no Gavin Sheets. That means no Leary. Unless, like, yeah. like if Leary's at second, like, instead of Josh Harrison, like, I'm still not a fan, but, like, I hate it less, right? Because then they're both not playing. Like, yeah. Moncada's at third. Like, you got your regular team then. And then, yeah, then Vaughn can DH. That's fine. Or, like, Vaughn can be in left and Eloy can DH. Like, those are your main guys. But he, he's got to come back. And he might not even be good, but at least, like, it's not gavin sheets or hazley like anytime a righty starts like it's just like kind of makes it so like okay here's your starting nine like start these guys every day yeah it, I, I would love a just a crock pot lineup set it and forget it for a while and uh and just see what happens uh sooner rather than later uh you mentioned larry garcia uh he's always talked about and he gets um he gets dumped on uh, more than he should because he comes up in these situations with runners on late in the game and uh, he's a fall guy. Uh, do you see him, you know, staying with the Sox for the entirety of this three-year contract? Oh, I don't think so. No way. I, I, I think like, I don't think anything happens this year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they switch managers next year. If like he, he was just like, okay, like that's fine. We'll just eat them. I mean, they've eaten money before. Yeah, sure. The thing is like the, I truly believe Rick Hahn when he says like, like the front office's vision was like, he's the 26th man, but the manager thinks he's Jose Akendo. <laughs> and you know, as, as we've seen, he's not Jose Akendo. Um, you know, he, he is, a. Uh, he, he came into last night's game with a 28 WRC mm. plus. And, mm. you know, I know your listeners are smart, you know, a hundred, a hundred's good. hundred is, well, not yeah. good. hundred's league average, you know, a hundred, like you're a league average ball player with a 100 WRC plus and Larry's is 28. And, you know, every, as bad of a year as Moncada had, like, I think his was like 49. He was still better mm -hmm. than Larry. You know, by yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's literally one of the worst, players in baseball this year and they play him all the time and it's yeah that's why people are frustrated and it's not his fault like he he should have taken 16 and a half million from an organization that wanted to pay it to him but yeah you know it, it it's gonna continue as long as they keep playing it 
Uh, we're going to uh, let's leave listeners on a positive uh, note. So give me give me something somehow, some way to get excited about as a Sox fan, James, uh, heading, I guess, into July or maybe even throughout uh, the early part of the second half of the season. What can we get excited about as Sox fans? Well, I mean, I still think the starting pitching is pretty good. And I look, I don't know if it's exciting, but you've mentioned the division games. They're the most important they haven't played in the division at all. I mean, that's where like if you beat the twins head to head, like you're, you know, you're picking up games, right? You're not looking at the scoreboard trying to so like they, they I feel like they, you know, like every time we're out, they pull us back in, right? Because mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. with what I do at Future Sox and like we we cover the draft and I cover the minor leagues, it would be very easy for me, you know, to just kind of check out and you know, watch high, watch the highlights and do that sort of stuff. Like if you're like 11 back or something, but it's yeah. like not going to happen because neither one of these other teams like wants to bury them. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think they have a shot. I, I truly think like, you know, not everybody's watching minor league baseball. Like I am. Uh, I, I, I think there's some good stuff happening down on the farm. I think there's been real gains um, on the offensive side, which is something that hasn't really happened in a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, people can, Great. you know, people people can follow Future Socks. We're covering it, um, but yeah. we're but we're just as frustrated as everybody else is about the big league club. Um, always a pleasure talking with you, James. I, I really enjoy these conversations. Please let us know where we can find all of your amazing stuff. Yeah, so you can still go to futuresocks.com. We we are a member of uh, Socks Machine now, which is you know it's been really good for us. You know, working with mostly Jim and Josh, they're awesome. You know, if we were going to do something like that, it was it was going to be with them. So, you know, you can access our stuff through the Sox Machine site or futuresocks.com takes you there, obviously. And then I think everybody follows Future Socks, but it's just at Future Socks um, on Twitter. And then I'm at JamesFox917. You know, we have draft profiles coming out. We're covering the draft right now, a couple weeks away. So that's uh, that's what I'm doing. And me and me and Josh Nelson host a, uh, a draft show that night at Twitter Spaces. So. You know, they pick 26 and we'll be on for like four hours. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Great stuff, man. Thank you so much for joining uh, Lockdown White Sox. All right, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, Thank you, folks, uh, so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, I'll recap the San Fran series and get you ready for that big series uh, with Minnesota. Really appreciate you making time for the Locked On White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sacks.